Welcome. How are you doing today? Even if your answer is not so well, this is still the right place to be. You're at OTR, Achieving Mental Health for Real, formerly Over the Rainbow. So why should you listen to this podcast? Well, like the title says, to achieve mental health that's real. We talk to people who suffer and battle real mental health issues. It gives you a chance to hear how they cope with their problems and hopefully recover or at least learn to manage and live with them. We also have, on occasion, a mental health expert that may be able to help with some of your issues. So relax and get ready to hear valuable information that can help and inspire you to achieve mental health for real. Now, here is Bob with today's interview. Hi, how you doing out there? This is Bob Adelman from OTR, Achieving Mental Health for Real. Today we have a great program, Mr. Blake Johnson, who also has a podcast called Diary of a Mad Black Man. It was recorded about two or three days after the George Floyd incident, so we talk about that, uh, and we talk about his struggles and how he came to recover and how he's in a good place right now. So here's the interview. How are you, Blake? I'm feeling pretty good, Bob. How are you doing today? Appreciate you having me on the show. I'm actually feeling like I have a hangover. Yeah. I don't know why. I've been working too hard, maybe. Um, could you tell us a little bit about your background? Um, okay. Well, um, my name is Blake. I'm the host of Diary of a Mad Black Man. It's a podcast and a diary I created. Uh, it really started out of just a need to express myself and share my experiences and really sort through things that I've been with, been through in my life. And um, it's a place that I just really go to, to be honest, vulnerable, transparent. And now it's really evolved to I'm having guests on my show, um, getting invited onto other shows like yours. And so it's really been an interesting journey to be on and to now be on your show. So I appreciate that. Uh, outside of the podcast world, I, I enjoy cooking, even though currently right now, the way my life is set up, I don't cook as much as I would like to. Um, I enjoy the outdoors. I love being outside, especially near water. Let's see, I'm a brother. I have a sister. I was born in the Chicago area. I've moved around quite a bit. So when people ask me, well, I guess you didn't necessarily ask me, but when I try to tell people about where I'm from, it's always weird because I think a lot of people try to determine who you are based on where you're from. And I'm and the way my life has been set up is I've moved around quite a bit throughout my childhood and life in general. So there's really no one place that I call home. But I went to college, um, kind of did the whole American dream kind of thing. And right after high school, I went to college. I was the first in my family to go to college. So I was a first-generation college student, which was an interesting experience. I went to the University of Illinois in Springfield. After that, I went to graduate school in Miami. I got my master's in international and intercultural education from Florida International University. Thought I was going to travel the world and be a teacher overseas, but after graduate school, um, actually towards the end, I was actually uh, confined to a mental institution. I kind of had a mental breakdown and went through a lot of things at my university at the time and 
I don't know if you, if you want me to go into that, but um, but that was I kind of talked a little bit about that on my podcast, and so after that, I kind of was able to still manage to get my life together. Went on to be a teacher. Um, I actually moved to Atlanta shortly after, well, actually about a year after I graduated. Um, moved to Atlanta, became a teacher. Did that for about two years. Um, kind of had another mental breakdown because. Shortly after I graduated grad school, my grandmother passed away. And so fast forward to now, I've kind of just realized that over the past 10, 12 years of my life from high school through college and trying to kind of establish myself, I've fallen down quite a few times. And now I'm really like stepping And The last time was really when I quit my teaching job. And so, like I said, um, after I quit my teaching job, I started my podcast eventually. It's kind of been like another step in my journey just to really understand what I've been through, understand who I am, and really get a handle on it and do something with it, um, still try to do something positive for the world. I guess that's a little bit about who I am. Um, I don't know, I'm going to throw it back to you now, Bob. Yeah, that's really great. Uh, thank you for all that. I I think um, we're going to start out talking about um, the elephant in the room, which is um, the George Floyd incident that mm-hmm. happened a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, let me apologize for the entire <laughs> uh, people that are not like me. Uh, I found it very disgusting and unbelievable that a person can do such a thing it's just to me it's just unthinkable um and i'm sure for you it's 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 much you know much worse as far as getting upset by it um what are your feelings on on the incident if you want to share if not um you know it's my feelings on the incident are still, they're not necessarily set in stone. They're, right, I felt anger. I felt sadness. I felt frustration. I felt hopeless. I felt, uh, I, I could probably go on and really sit down and think about a lot of emotions that I felt, but it's really been like a really emotional, chaotic roller coaster of emotions. And for myself, this isn't something that's new um, because this has been happening for as long as I've been alive for throughout the majority of the history of the world as it exists today, um, or as it always has been. So yeah, my feelings towards, you know, just the whole incident and everything's happening is just, it's very difficult to process yet. I'm still trying to understand, trying to figure out what to do, what to say, how to react, what is the proper response, you know what I'm saying? I made a couple of posts already about how I've really been feeling and some of the thoughts and things that it makes me think about and the things I think about doing. Um, it's, it's, it's a really just, it's just a yes. fucked up world we live in, to be honest. And it's... People, people are animals. I mean, uh, they're just not people in, in my mind. Uh, yeah, I, I think I was gonna say I, th- I think that to really address what's happening is like we have to really get to the 
root cause of what this world is. And I think that if we really want to look at it from a national standpoint and kind of not, uh, it, it's difficult to do that and not have a global perspective on everything that's happening right now in this moment. You know, we're in the middle right. of a pandemic. The economy is uh, really messed up, you know, and for black people in this country, we have been systemically oppressed and we have been, it's been strategically designed for us to live in the conditions and to experience the things that we're experiencing. So when we see George Floyd and the things that have recently happened, it's not, for, for me, it's not like this is an unfamiliar feeling. It's just like a wound that I consistently have to live with, a wound that sometimes I think starts to heal, but it's consistently being ripped open over and over and over and over again. So this wound that I have, that I have to live with, that I have to carry with me every day, it's never fully all the way together. And each time it's like viciously ripped open with incidents like this, it's, you don't know what to do because you're just in excruciating pain. And it's hard to, you know, put it into words and to really speak on it. But for me, I'm really pushing past my own feelings and thoughts and emotions and really working to use my voice to talk about difficult topics like this and even talk about like mental health and how this impacts people and makes them, you know, think about doing things that will impact and just make things much worse. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. I, I moved to, I was moved to Alabama when I was like 10 or 11. And like, I lived in an area where there was basically one black family. Um, and I never thought anything, you know, the, the person was in my grade. He actually was born the same day I was. And, you know, I didn't even think about that. I, I just, he was my friend and, and that was it. Um, but it, you know, it is a terrible tragedy, but. I just hope there's some justice that comes out of this. Uh, I I hate to think there is there won't be. I mean, we're about what 170, 180 years from slavery, so you know it's it's still brewing. I mean, it's still passed on. You know, these people grow up uh, and they're taught to to hate, and it's just a terrible thing. I, I think as First of all, as you, you're you, you're white, correct? Yes, I am. Yeah, I was I just wanted to to reach out. So, like for you as a white man in this country to be willing to have a conversation with me, a black man, um, and ask my thoughts and my feelings, and be willing to listen, I think that that's one of the first steps in really bridging this gap and really so. unpacking this racial divide that we have in this country. Um, I think also when we think about, you know, how we can go back, you know, 118 years to slavery, I think something else that we must also, as we begin to unpack and have these conversations, is to understand that the institution of slavery existed for over, for thousands of years throughout mm -hmm. the history of this mm -hmm. world. And it has evolved uh, tremendously throughout its, throughout its existence. And when we think, and when we so when we ha I have these conversations, we have to understand that, yeah, we're 118 years from slavery, but that's like, in comparison to where we are today, it's 
there's more history with slavery than there is without. So, and and so we we live in a very unique time and space um, and era, you know, with social media and technology. And I know Mm -hmm. that as for myself, as I continue to grow and evolve in the podcast world and become more comfortable and more knowledgeable about speaking on topics like this, it is going to be important that white people are a part of these conversations and they're able to understand that my experiences in this world, in this life is different than yours. And white people need to begin to challenge their own whiteness that exists, you know, and they have to begin to challenge their family members and they have to begin to be an advocate for all people as well. But be specific when you say black people. You know, because our struggle is different. And that's just like, for example, the the struggle for women. You know, when women speak up and they use their voice and talk about their issues, that's not my that's not my time and space to try to tell women or to try to talk about my issues as a black man or as a man. That's my time to be supportive to women. For example, if when a black woman speaks and she talks about her struggles, I'm going to support her and understand her and try to learn more about what it is that she's going through in her experience so I can support her and uplift her. So all these spaces, all these conversations need to be happening. You know what I'm saying? But when we talk about it, it, it needs to be, it, it just needs to happen. And it's not something that can happen in just one episode of a podcast. I also understand that as well. So that's why I'm becoming more comfortable um, doing everything right. I can, trying to really build a team and, and really continue to help and work in this movement because Ultimately, it is the voices that will uh, raise awareness, that will educate other people, and that will spark the energy and continue to be the fuel for the movement of what it is that we're doing, which is to make sure that for myself as a black man, to make sure that my people are good, to make sure that the black community continues to evolve and elevate and we're protected and we're safe and we don't have to walk around and live with this pain. You know what I'm saying? it, 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 it's difficult to work through, you know what I'm saying? Even for myself, yeah. like at, at this point now, I'm feeling, you know, a little bit more comfortable, a little bit I'm, more yeah. at ease with even just addressing it and unpacking it. So, yeah, thank you. I'll, I'll turn it back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that great answer. Um, just shifting off that a little bit, um, you, you had, uh, you, you grew up in, a, in, uh, what kind of what kind of a environment did you grow up in? My environment growing up was it wasn't terrible. Um, it had many many good moments. I had many great memories from my childhood, but I also have a lot of traumatic experiences from my childhood that I'm still healing and unpacking from. Um, my mom was 19 when she had me. Um, she my father was murdered when I was about oh my God. I think it was a little over one years old. And I never knew my dad's side of the family, never really knew too much about him until I was much older. Um, in fact, I didn't, it was on Facebook that I reconnected with um, my dad's side of the family about, I was about wow. 19, 20 years old my time, at, at that time when I met them. But um, my childhood has um, many memories of me moving to a lot of different places. I was the new kid in many different schools growing up. Um, I was a pretty, I guess you could say I was labeled a bad kid. Um, I was pretty wild in school. I didn't, I hated school at one point. I didn't like teachers. I didn't respect them. Um, I was that kid in school, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, yeah. It was about 
you know, when I started to hit my teenage years, I really started to bump heads with my mom. I think that for me, I was, it, it was like I was becoming more aware of myself in the world and seeing myself. And, and we decided to bump heads. You know, we, our relationship ultimately resulted in me about 15 years old. I ended up moving with my grandmother back to central Illinois. So we had moved down to Memphis at one point. Um, when I was about 10 years old. So, you know, I I guess you could say it was a typical teenage childhood, I guess you could say, but it wasn't, you know, I I experiment with things. You know, I was kind of a wild child rebelled, you know, started smoking weed at 12 years old, um, which didn't really inhibit me from being successful. You know, I I still always maintained good grades. Like I said, I went to college. I was able to be a teacher. So even though I did, these things kind of behind the scenes and, you know, like for example, in college, I mean, well, it's kind of college culture. I drink all the time. I, I know that's where my alcoholism, my battle with alcoholism started, uh, was definitely oh, in college. Okay. Um, but it, 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 it affected me in a certain, in a lot of ways, but I was still able to be successful at the same time, if that makes sense. And like I said, I've had these hiccups, yeah, you know, these challenges with uh, my own mental health and trying to, to deal with everything and trying to stop drinking, trying to stop smoking, and you know, so it, it, it's been an interesting battle. But like I said, I, I grew up pretty well. Um, but like everybody, I've experienced things, and, and my journey is unique, and I'm still processing and unpacking that myself. So, do you remember uh, what age you kind of started feeling uh, depressed? Your depression kind of set in. Do you remember what, what age you were? Wow, you know something that's an interesting question. I've never been asked that question before. Uh-huh. And the only reason I asked that is because I don't know if you know my background. I had a couple of, I guess you can say, nervous breakdowns, depression, anxiety. I call them episodes, but I have OCD, very bad OCD, and I didn't get it until I was eleven, and. I didn't get really bad depression until I got married and had kids. So I was just wondering if you if you remember when yours started. Um, I think, you know, I think the first time I can really remember myself being depressed was in high school. It was mm-hmm. around the time that it's an interesting story. Um, I don't know if you. Mm, so yes, there was this big incident that I had uh, with my mom, and it was essentially I drove my car through her garage wall. Like I put this oh big ass God. like Superman hole in her house, like like to the point like the house could have like collapsed on top of the car type. Like my whole car was like wow. through the wall type shit. Um, after that, uh, I definitely didn't go back to live with her for quite some time. I was staying (laughs) in and out of hotels. Um, I eventually, I was working at the time, so I was working as a server at Bob Evans. And what age were you at that time? This was 16. I was, I was 16 at the time. Okay. I'm sorry. And I remember a lot. I, I had stopped going to school, so I was just working and living in hotels, but I remember, those were the, some of the first moments I had, like, literally just, like, laying in bed, like, fighting to just get up and go to work. 
fighting to get up and eat and feeling like hopeless and helpless and extremely sad and unmotivated and not wanting to live anymore and you know all the emotions and symptoms of depression but but i didn't at the time i didn't have a turn i didn't know that that was depression you know this was 2006 so i i didn't know what i was dealing with and i think the first time that i was able to acknowledge and put a term to it that this is depression will probably be um when i started to have those same symptoms again in college and at this right. point in college, this was probably my junior year. I think it was, yeah, 2012. I think that was like, yeah, my, my junior, senior, I think it might have been uh-huh. the beginning of my senior year. Um, but around that time, I was, I mean, I had my own apartment. I was sharing with my sister. I was a park ranger with the federal government. Like, I had an amazing relationship with my girlfriend at the time. We were even talking about marriage, like extremely good grades in school i was on you know all these i was on student government and running clubs and you know i had a extremely you know i was popular i had friends and you know i was able to take trips i had money and so all of those things began to i began to become extremely unmotivated from those things and not wanting to do them and being exhausted and tired and not just feeling like myself and that was and starting to have those feelings around that time and and now knowing what i know now that was really uh i guess those were the, that that was that's how i was really first learned that i was depressed and i was battling with it so like 16 to like 20 21 22 um i guess you could say those the eight those years of my life is really when my awareness of it really heightened and i was like okay this is something that i'm gonna have to deal with for a long time have, have you been uh, to a psychiatrist to get uh, evaluated at all? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have. I've seen. Um, so so uh, when I was 16, um, well, I don't think I've ever, you know, I, well, I just want to say this, Bob. Uh, I don't, I haven't really, um, to be totally honest, I haven't really done as much research into your platform and everything that you have going but these questions are actually very good because this is the first time I've really like have been interviewed like this about this. And so it's also helping me to process and understand like everything that's happened and putting it in a chronological way. But, um, that's the for real part of my, my um, my podcast. Yeah. So if you're uncomfortable, you know, no, 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 I'm good. I'm saying that because I'm like, I'm like, wow, this is actually really good for me. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm vibing with it. I feel the good energy coming behind it. So here we go. Um, so when I was 16 was the first time I attempted suicide. Uh, oh there was goodness. an incident when um, I was living in those hotels or whatever. Long story short, I threw a party. A big fight broke out. Cops came. And um, ultimately what happened was I was leaving to go to drive to Illinois because I was going back to Illinois. Because at, at 16, I had moved to Illinois one time moved back to Memphis to try to work it out with my mom. And then so on at this, after this incident was when I attempted suicide the first time. And then, oh so God. after that, I remember seeing, talking to counselors at my school. Um, that was the first time that I was, you know, first like time. introduced to the idea of mental health and talking to counselors and opening up and things like that. And um, I eventually, like I said, when I was in, college and undergrad i had another car accident 
where it was another suicide attempt, I guess I could say. Um, but at the end of the day, I also realized that I was having a very bad anxiety attack. I had a, actually several really bad anxiety attacks in college. Yeah. And I did see a psychiatrist several times, um, several different psychiatrists um, in the beginning stages of me seeing psychiatrists and doctors and actually going down this medical journey of trying to get a proper diagnosis and to understand what it was. There were many things I was, uh, actually a few things I was diagnosed with, bipolar, uh, schizophrenia, depression, oh, really? and anxiety disorder. Um, those are some of the earlier diagnoses that I would get from doctors, but I never believed them. I never really trusted them, never really understood them. The one that I kind of did run with for a while was bipolar, uh, simply because the symptoms of a depressed, I think it's, I think it's type two bipolar where it's like you're manic depressive. Right. Like you're not as face. manic. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not like these super highs, but when I would have those highs, they would be extremely good highs. And so, um, I managed to just get through that and balance it out for myself. I tried medications a couple of times. I was prescribed, Actually, Zoloft was the first medication that I took. Um, it was actually subscribed by a psychiatrist at my university, and I took it for uh -huh. about, was it about six or seven months? Four, four okay. past, um, it was right after the accident, yeah. So, um, and it was, it was subscribed for depression, and I think it helped for a while, but eventually it kind of just, tapered off and the thoughts of suicide and things like that began to be too much. I never really wow. opened up and told anybody around that time, like that that's what I was dealing with, but I just dealt with it, you know? So, you know, that's well, after your suicide attempts, uh, what happened? Were you taken? Cause usually people are taken to a hospital. Were you taken to a hospital or, you know, what um, happened after your attempts? The one in college when I wrecked my Jeep, I was I wasn't on um antidepressants then before the accident. Um I think it was I was really and after that is when I started medication. That was the first time I tried medication. But the mm -hmm. thoughts of suicide never went away, they intensified. So mm -hmm the medication helped me to function and still graduate college and, and, you know, sort through all the crap I went through trying to keep a good GPA and graduate on time um, towards the end of me earning my bachelor's degree. Um, however, it, it did take a physical toll on me. Um, and also, to be honest, like, I, I, I smoked weed at the time. Um, I was drinking uh -huh. alcohol a, probably a lot more than I should have definitely um in combination with the medication so it's difficult for me to say that these things were affecting me or you know how it was if it worked if it wasn't working or if medication at that time were you know the best thing for me but i was also honest with my doctors and stuff and let them know what i was doing they were like i mean everybody pretty much was like you know do what you can to get through and so I did what I had to do. They didn't, you know, at the time I wasn't necessarily directly told, don't do this, don't do that. Like, don't drink and don't smoke while you're doing this. So. Okay. Yeah. So so you were never hospitalized? No. For it. Um, okay. 
Well, I was, I, I guess after my car accident um, in undergrad, I, I was hospitalized. I was in the hospital for like four or five days. Um, yeah, yeah, I was in a, I was in the psychiatric okay. unit. Cause I, the, the, yeah, I, both my incidents, I wound up in uh, a mental hospital for about a week or two. And, um, you know, a lot of people have misconceptions of, of hospitals. They're it's not like a lot of crazy people running around. I mean, some of them are very strange, but um, most of it is just a controlled environment where you can get medication and, and try to get yourself back on track. And mm-hmm. my first experience was good. My second wasn't as good. Um, my doctor took me up all my meds and put me on other ones, and I really flipped out after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I never get angry. My, all, all of my depression is internalized. Uh, you know, I don't take it out on anyone or anything. So, you know, that's my story, and that's my story of depression. Um, just, are, are, are you on medication now or, or not? No, I'm not on medication now. Um, okay. Right now, I am. I'm doing much better actually because I, I think I've I stepped away from medication. I've stopped drinking as much. Most I'll drink now right. yeah. is um, like I'll, I'll drink wine. Um, I'll socially have you know hard hard alcohol with like mixed drinks and margaritas from time to time. Um, in moderation. I've learned to control that. Um, I don't drink or smoke okay. uh, weed to escape anymore i do it when like for example i primarily only smoke weed now just to really relax um if my anxiety is too bad um if i really want to go to sleep um and i also don't don't smoke just to be high either i smoke like to really help me relax and so i'm also on a a different different type of journey at this point in my life where i want to do things holistically which i am you know looking into working with other companies about marijuana learning more about cbd the different types of you know medicines and medicinal purposes that can be used from the marijuana plant you know it's very natural it's the earth um even but that also transitions to what i'm doing uh, with my diet, I, I eat a more plant-based diet now. I try not to eat mm-hmm. as much um, anim- as much um, food that comes from animal products. Um, I try to right. exercise. Like right now, I've been consistently just going walking. Um, I went for a run the other day. You know, I'm trying to really pace myself and really get the momentum of making it a habit in my life. Um, I med- try right. to meditate as much as possible. I pray, say daily words of affirmation. You know, actually, I'm, I'm really trying to make it a habit. A, a part of my lifestyle to practice right. these things that give me a sense of relief. And I feel that if I can do them consistently on a regular basis, like as if I was taking a medication, I, I'll, I'll eventually see a lot, a lot. I'll be able to just manage life much better. I'll be able to relax better. I won't necessarily have to, you know, smoke a blunt to go to sleep. I'll naturally be able to fall asleep because I'll have a much better balanced diet, exercise. My body will be, you know, much more physically fit. So, um, at, at this point in life, um, that, that's where I am. Yeah. There's a lot of people that, uh, talk about CBD. I, I, you know, I don't know anything about it. Uh, I, I may really check it out because I still have anxiety and depression. Uh, luckily I got some good medication for, for it. And, 
it's been helping me a lot. So I'm in a good place right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I kind of advocate uh, medication, but it's not for everybody. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you had a bad experience with it and it wasn't helping you, then you're doing absolutely yeah. the, the correct thing. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, this is where I'm at with it, too. You know, a doctor can prescribe you narcotics, medications, opioids. You know, you go down, we, I mean, we could go do a whole episode and talk all about the things that you can get from with pharmaceutical drugs and the opioid crisis that's happening in this country and around the world right now. So drugs are a part of life. Um, I think that, you know, different medications, different ailments, different illnesses require different things. You know, everybody you know, their body um, and their environment and their experiences in life is different. So you have to find what works for you. I know that there's a stigma, around, I mean, hell, there's a stigma around taking prescribed medications from a pharmacist on a regular basis. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. say you're medicated, you know, that has a stigma around it. So the fact that yes. now I'm looking into marijuana, CBD, hemp-based products, uh, I just did a, a, actually this other company called Can of Comforts. I'm doing um, a podcast series with them. We're going to be doing a bunch of episodes, really learning more about the company and um, talking about the things that they're um, going through. There's this guy, his name is Jamie Evans, and he Uh actually had leukemia, a, a, a form of cancer, and he is now in remission from his journey from moving to Colorado and learning more about uh, cannab- uh, um, the terms cannabinoid, uh, cannabinoids, Can- and cannabis, yeah, yeah, there's a specific term. So, so anyway, so in my journey with learning about different medicines and things that I'm going to be taking, one thing that I've come to the conclusion of is this: I'm going to have to take something, whether that's oh, yeah. the food I eat or a medication, whether it's from, you know, if I eventually have to, if there's a drug that comes out that, you know, is made by a pharmaceutical company that is a pill, if it's going to help me live a better life, then I'm going to take that. But I'm also going to look into marijuana and learn more about this industry and the different um, um, new sciences out there and, you know, the different um, agencies that are behind the science and the the medicine behind it. So it's a, it's a new journey I'm on and I'm going to explore that. And I think that medication is something that in general has uh, a a stigma around it, but I'm definitely in the space of working to end that stigma to raise awareness around the different things and different ways that people can just live a healthy and productive life. Because ultimately that's what it boils down to, you know, how you feel on the inside is a reflection is going to be reflected in your behaviors and the work that you're able to do and what you're able to produce in the world and how you treat others. So Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a big journey and and it's, and it's ultimately becoming my lifestyle. So we'll see, we'll see what what the future holds. And I'm, I mean, I'm ready for it. That's good. That's terrific. Um, yeah, I, my future is, you know, I'm going to stick with my medication and I am going to explore some of the CBD. Um, one, one other thing I, I noticed that, uh, you, you actually have a website. Is that your website that sells, uh, marijuana? Yeah. So legally. Yeah. 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 Right now I'm an affiliate with a company based in Chicago, um, into high organics and it is an online, um, Maybe basically people can order um, CBD products online. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. 
as far as you said you quit your your last job, ha have you found another opportunity or where are you at? Was it, are you searching? Start searching for what's the question? We searching for, for for a job. A job? Well, no. Uh, right now, um, like I said, I'm a, I'm affiliated with this company. Um, at this stage, I've learned that the marijuana industry um, and where it is right now, there's a lot to learn. And so for myself, I'm really, I'm not necessarily pushing my business for or with that company as hard as I would like to right now because I am learning. I'm in the research, getting my knowledge um, down. So that way, you know, when I'm really ready to be in a position to really push and market and and sell these things, I'll, I need to be knowledgeable. I need to know what I'm talking about. I need to know right. um, what this CBD flower is and be able to speak to the different chemicals in it and what it's going to do and the effects of that. And there's a lot to it. And <laughs> it's funny because, like, I know, I know the CEO of the company I've been working, um, we're talking to her for like, you know, ever since she's been posting about it on Facebook and everything she's been doing. And so when the link went live, when the, when I was able to finally do it, it was just like, boom, here's my link and, you know, buy my CBD <laughs> products, you know what I'm saying? But when it comes to marketing, when it comes to business, when it comes to building a sustainable business, it's going to take time. I know that I can't just post a link on my Instagram and website and expect people to go and just start buying it at a sustainable yes. rate to where it's going to generate income for uh, for the rest of my life is what the goal is. Right. So I need to understand that this is going to be a process. And so I'm engaged with that process now. I'm doing research. Like I said, I've partnered with this other company, Canon Comforts, to learn more about what they're doing. Um, I'm going. I'm ordering books and looking at, you know, connecting with different people in different groups and things like that to really learn the knowledge. So that way, as I continue to grow and develop this business idea that I have um, to incorporate, you know, talking about uh, mental health, talking about my experiences, talking about different CBD, hemp, cannabis, marijuana-based products and things that are out there and really create a brand and business for myself. You know, I'm in that process. So, it's a process and I'm trusting the process and it's going to be a good one. You know, I, I was laid off at the beginning of this pandemic and oh. the company that I was working for at the time, I, at, I told myself when I was working for them, this is the last company I'm going to work for. Like this, this is it. I've done corporate America. I work for the government. Yeah, you know it's, so I've, it's I've had a, a fair, fair range of experiences to know that it's time to put all this energy, all these skills and everything into what it is that I do. And that's, that's great. Doing, doing something for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I finally got out of the rat race. Uh, I'm not a corporate person. I was doing it. Um, uh, there, there's some real savages there. I mean, mm -hmm. just crazy. So I, I think you're on a great track. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, I'm, I usually keep the podcast about 40 minutes or 30 minutes. Um, I wish we had some more time. Uh, you're a very interesting person, and uh, I appreciate you. your honesty. And um, you have a fan uh, of of your of your podcast, and I wish you a lot of luck with that. Um, Thank you. I, I'm trying to make it. Uh, it's difficult. It's very difficult, but mm -hmm. you know, I feel that with the knowledge I have. 
about, you know, different medications and different problems, uh, different issues that I can contribute and try to, like you said, break the stigma of, I mean, so sometimes when I say I was in a hospital, people are like, wow, were you crazy? And I said, no, I was sick. Uh, yeah. So, so I inherited you know, most of my issues. I mean, I can trace it back. My father was undiagnosed bipolar, and my mother was was a, a, a just kind of a wreck. She uh, just had so much anxiety and 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 worry, and so I got all of that, and somehow I made it through. Uh, you know, working in a corporate environment and such. I tried to keep my head down, and uh, most of the time I was just programming. So as long as I did a good job with that, they didn't bother me. But I hated it for most of the time, and I'm so glad to be retired. It's just terrific. And uh, now I'm going to devote my, my life to this podcast and... You know, I, I, I thank you very much for coming on the show. You were a terrific guest. I was going to ask you if, if you wanted to plug any of your uh, websites and or anything else. Sure. Um, so uh, if you want to follow me, um, learn about my podcast and listen to my show. It's called Diary of a Mad Black Man. It's on all major platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. It's based, it's distributed by Anchor. Um, I have an Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for it. Um, the handle for that is Diary of a MBM. Um, on Facebook, I have a page for it, Diary of a Mad Black Man. I think that you could probably search the handle Diary of a MBM or just type in Diary of a Mad Black Man. Um, pretty much anywhere. I mean, if you Google it, it's, it's going to come up. Um, and yeah, right. that's where they can contact me, learn about my show. I'm actually in the process of starting a YouTube channel for it, so Diary of a Mad Black Man TV. Um, I literally just put the trailer up last night and I have a couple videos um learning how to edit videos and, and, and put that stuff up there too. You know, it's a, it's a new journey I'm on to actually start to yes. use social media and the platforms and the technology that's available to us, but it's all going to come together to build this business, to build a brand and ultimately allow my lifestyle to be what it needs to be so that way I could be successful and happy and continue to be me. That's great. Uh, if you want to, um, you can send all of those links to me and I'll put it up in the description so mm -hmm. they can just link, you know, go right to oh, it. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Appreciate that. Okay. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you having uh, me on the show. It's, uh, this was a good experience for me too, you know, because I haven't been interviewed too many times, but this was a great experience. I appreciate you sharing your platform with me. Yeah, and and I thank you very much again for for your honesty and uh, you're a very interesting guest. And uh, thank you very much. And take care. That was Blake Johnson, a very interesting person. Uh, he has a lot of ventures. I'll have all the links up on my description for his podcast and such. Um, and it was a very enjoyable episode. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Um, if you want to talk about this episode or anything else, uh, you know my email. It's over the rainbow pop at gmail.com. And uh, on Twitter, I am at over the rain one bow. 
Also, I have Facebook and Instagram, which is just search my name, uh, Over the Rainbow, Achieving Mental Health, for real. And um, we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.